0: Welcome back to the Stick 'em Up Podcast, Brundy. How are you doing today? Uh, doing pretty all right so far. Yourself? I'm I'm doing really good. I'm I'm. Your yeah, team's one and zero. Yeah, and I'm just glad we're back watching hockey, man. Yeah. Like the last few days, I've been just turning it on. And it's like in the background of whatever I'm doing. I'm just like, if there's a game on, just throw it on. I don't even care who's playing. Exactly. And I kind of did that throughout preseason, but then it was also like these games are kind of, in in a sense, almost kind of pointless. Like, you know, it's just, it's not as good as regular season, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Especially depending on what team it was, because some teams were playing like none none of their NHL talent and some of them were
1: playing all of them. And so it's like, all of
0: them. Yeah. So like it was just kind of a a complete mismatch. It wasn't really a close game or good game, but to have these games now that, you know, you've got the full uh, lineups and and whatnot, it's it's good for it to be back. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. I was watching, uh, especially because, uh, obviously, I'm a Lightning fan, and uh, none of the Tampa Bay games, uh, at least in Calgary where we, we are, were available to stream in the preseason, even though I have, like, the Sportsnet Now package where you get like you're supposed to get like all the games. Yeah, uh, they they didn't do a lot of them for teams. Yeah, I like, know. Um, San Jose didn't uh, didn't really have any, but the one that they did was they were playing L.A. Um, I can't remember where they were playing but it you, you it was just it wasn't good quality like they had these big pop up light things they had set up in the two corners so on the close side of the camera when it was in either corner you couldn't see um and anything that was happening there so it kind of took out huge parts of the game you couldn't see anything happen cuz it just it wasn't the good quality and that's a lot of what you know um preseason games are is you know it it's more so just for getting people in the stands and teams to be playing. It's not really for as much for spectators, um, not at the games now. Yeah. And, uh, just on that quality thing, like obviously, you know, there's better quality streams, uh, at some points, but, um, I, I'm not going to pretend to know, you know, the, the camera's, uh, specific, um, specs or anything, but I know that, uh, the NBA, MLB and NFL, I'm pretty sure all use the same cameras and the NHL have like yet to upgrade to that level of camera and visual quality. So, uh I'm hoping in the next couple of years they'll like make that next upgrade to whatever it is like 8K HD or whatever. I w- I will say though with those other um like ones uh, like the all, all the other, the leagues, other sports it's also, like there's just it's also you got to consider i guess and i don't know if it plays a part in it i'm just kind of throwing shit around for fun but i think it's the fact that there's a lot more close-up interactions that can be had like especially in the nfl the way they can have the cameras you know kind of right there in the field or over top of the guys and um you know maybe so i don't know i don't really watch much basketball or baseball but maybe that and so i think maybe that's kind of a big part of it it's mm-hmm. just, it can't, it, I just don't think there'd be, there could be a consistency um, throughout the broadcast of like the same crisp um, quality type of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. They got uh especially you really notice it in football more than anything else. They got the big, the big camera like floating over top and they got like, it's got like the four cables connecting to it. It like flies around after the play. Yeah. I, and also the NHL just makes the least amount of money out of, yeah. The four major leagues. So maybe that's also probably the main reason, actually. Yeah. Um uh, so I guess Yan Ruda for... just got crunched. Oh no. By the way, if the Sharks came on right now, they're in the third period getting stomped by Vegas, but yeah, Ruda just got dunked. Oh, I think I might have. Okay, I'm gonna wait for the replay. I'm not gonna say anything yet. anyways, we'll continue. <laughs> I just have um... to point that out. So, uh, yeah, I was watching the, currently the Lightning are 1-0. and 0. They're, uh, Kucherov scored the number one bullshit goal of the NHL season. And a yep. big win over the Predators. The Knights, the Golden Knights tonight are looking for their second win already. Bedard got, uh, at this point, he's got uh, his first point and his first goal. Fantilli just got his first uh, NHL point earlier today. There's a there's some really good hockey going on already. Like the uh, the Canucks absolutely stomped the Oilers eight to one. That was that was a surprising stat line to look at after the fact. Brock Besser with four goals, J.T. Miller and Elias Pettersson both with four points, a goal and three assists each. There's there's been a lot of big big starts and you know first points will not to start uh this season ruta's also fine by the way because i know you you love him so but it looks like he's okay he just got a teammate stick up high yeah that's what they love to do in san jose though oh yeah you know they love them they love bringing them up bringing them up to chin level (laughs) um anyways uh Leafs beat uh, Canadians uh, six to five in a shootout. Matthews got a Cheeks got a a Hattie. He's also, I think, actually, I don't even know. I don't remember the stats, so I'm not going to say it. But it was something on the lines of um, with Ovechkin or something like out of active players or something like that. Like he's the quickest to get to 300 goals aside from Ovechkin.
1: That, Which is that makes
0: sense? Damn good though, like, yeah. And I uh, and I I just I feel like after watching because I watched like pretty much the majority of that that game yesterday. I it just it feels like it's a different Austin Matthews almost, or not even that, but the one that we're used to seeing. Like he he looks like he kind of did a couple years ago when he was just everywhere on the ice, like he was just getting. All those goals, those timely ones like he and I I know it's it's only one game, like whatever. But if if he can maintain even a level close to what he was last night, like he he's going to have a really good year, like a very good year. Going into the season, the majority of sports books had Connor McDavid as the favorite to win the Rocket Richard trophy. After that single game, it's Austin Matthews is the favorite on the majority of them now. Which, I mean, and that's, you know, a little early because... But it's, again, I don't know, because it's not even out of the question. Like like we said, it McDavid could go out there and score 82 goals in 82 games if he really wanted to and put his mind to that. So, like, I think Austin Matthews is the better pure goal scorer, but like, like we said, McDavid can just set his mind to going out there and scoring goals, and he could easily like run away with with the goal scoring race. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? it's it's hard to say what he's going to do, you know, because I mean, last season he proved he can do both. He put up, night. he put up. What did McDavid put up last year? Sixty four goals, yeah, and something like that. I think he had sixty four goals, like a hundred fifty three points. Like he could put up the inst like the mind shattering point totals in this era and put up like the second best goal scoring season since what probably nine probably 95 96 Lemieux if I had to guess yeah I'm not even sure on the exact year but yeah it just goes to show like how just dominant he can be uh, when he's out there and especially just the goal scoring on top of just you know, getting those assists in general is is crazy for him. Yeah, um, we got a couple contract extensions to talk about, but before we get to that, uh, I just got something really quick I want to bounce off of you. So right now I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at odds for the Frank J. Selke Trophy winner, so defensive okay. forward of the year. So you know. You can probably guess the the top five. Anze uh, Kopitar a little bit lower than I thought he'd be. He's fifth, below Fushier, Marner, Pedersen, and Barkov. Okay. But the big thing that sticks out to me is that Michael Backlund, it, his odds are seventeen to one, and then below him, Elias Lindholm at nineteen. They got huh. better they got better odds for Michael Backlund than Eli- Elias Lindholm. Like, that's... That's an interesting one. Yeah, I was, I was just looking earlier, and that ju- I just saw that, huh. and I was very surprised. Like, Lindholm was a, a finalist two or three years ago, and we all know how good he can play. Like, I'm surprised they have Backlund that high up.
1: Yeah, that's, that's actually a... Hmm.
0: I don't even have a reasoning for why it would be like that that I can think of. Hey, you know, good for Backlund though. Getting some recognition like that, that's huge. Yeah, it's nice to see people uh recognize him. Like I don't uh I don't disagree with him being that high up, but I figured Lindholm would be higher, or at the very least the same. Lindholm's gotta be higher. Like they they, they can be on the same. Like Lindholm has to be higher. Yeah. So that's very
1: like it, do I think Lindholm's gonna win the uh the Selkie? Like, no. But
0: if I could have if I could place a bet being like Lindholm's gonna finish with more votes than Backlund,
1: like I would slam that. Yeah. Huh. I wonder why Backlund's getting I mean, but you know what? It's recognition he he
0: really had hasn't been getting his whole career, so it's good to see him getting it in some regard now at least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about uh, some of these contract extensions. All right. Which one do you want to start with? Let's start with Buffalo. All right. Let's start with Buffalo. So Cause...
1: we got. We got. Okay, uh, actually, I'll
0: tell you to announce it here. Yeah, we got. Uh, I'll just announce both of them and then we can uh, dissect
1: them afterwards. Together. Together. So we got Erasmus Dalin signed an
0: eight year, $88 million contract extension. So that's 11 per year, which is absolutely massive. And then we got Owen Power also signing a seven year extension. This one to an, uh,
1: an AAV of 8.35 mil. Dude, so that's like, Buffalo's cooking,
0: dude. That's that's a lot of really good talent locked up long term and for fairly Buffalo, cheap. M- Buffalo might honestly have the best like, uh, like contract like layout on their team in the league right now.
1: Yeah, they're they're definitely like, up there now. And this is just me. I think that. Darlene's is a little
0: bit of an overpay. Like, I think 11 mil is... It's up there. Um,
1: I, think, but I, think I think it's think a lot, it, but I don't
0: think it's an overpay. I don't think it's unfair for the team at all. I think a 9.5 to 10 is probably more so where I would, would have had him landing in. But when you now look at how much, in terms of the value that you're going to be getting out of um what owen power is gonna become i mean i think he's already fantastic but in terms of what he can still like his game he can still even get better in over the next course of the next four or five years and so that contract is going to be an absolute steal when he hits his peak and then the money you're saving with uh tage thompson and dylan cousins on their deals that money if it's going towards Dulleen, that's fine because i think in terms of the value you're getting out of those other three players it you're it really doesn't matter like to have that core four now locked up and just like it's it just feels so night and day from toronto and their whole core four type thing when you're looking at the money being spent i mean the Production we haven't gotten from Buffalo yet, but I think that could very well change this year. But
1: like, yeah, man, we they know are, they're, they're, they're doing a doing rebuild right
0: over there. Like they are, and a lot of people kind of thought it was doom and gloom there, and there you know, just they're in trouble. You got to start the rebuild over and whatnot after, uh, you know, Jack Eichel got traded. But man, I think they've come back even better. All things considered, like. Yeah, all the I a lot just, of the guys seem just to take the, the next step, flow, but dude, I think they've they've got such a they're they're just so built for the next foreseeable future, and especially if Devin Levi, like if he, you know, if, if he if he turns out to be what it's looking like he's gonna be, and then even what like Zach Benson made the team, just drafted last year, he looks like he might be one of you know the best players out of that draft, like a top five player like that's that's just nuts like they they have just so much potential there for the future they have they have so many other good guys too you know alex tuck is great in a top six role jack quinn is only getting better he looks really good like they have they have a shocking amount of like high quality pieces that are all coming together at around the same time it's they they look like they're going to be a wagon in well, and also like in short order here. For for anyone who like knows football knows that the Buffalo Bills have like one of the craziest and most passionate fan bases in in the entire league in the NFL. And so like if the Buffalo Sabres make it to the playoffs and whatnot, like that building could become become quite an electric place and quite a tough place to play in. Like I would I'm just praying to see this airs in the playoffs, because I think that atmosphere would just be nuts. Yeah. Almost, uh, almost similar to something like a uh, Winnipeg where it's like kind of one of not exactly a small market, but a smaller market, but they just it's have like small. this insanely passionate fan base that oh, turns fan out based. like that, that relocation just looks like such a massive success in terms of, just what the city of Winnipeg has done and the love they've shown for that team, like it, it's incredible there. But speaking of Winnipeg, speaking of Winnipeg, incredible transition. They, they have a Nobody couple of, uh, they have a couple of uh, contract extensions that happened together, together. So we got to talk about them together.
1: Yeah, do, you to, luckily, do you want to hit
0: us with them? Yeah, and luckily for this one, I only really need to. I only really need to Google one of their contracts because they're both the exact same. I mean, I also, I I do know what they are, but I was just, yeah, this one, these ones were not as hard to remember as whatever I just said Owen Powers was like 8.35. Penny pinchers and it's paying off, man. They try and get it down as low as possible to where the other party's happy. Like yeah. the contracts are nuts, no, yeah. they're they're they legitimately look like they were all crafted on like e a sports. Like they look like they yeah. were on chill. like like, it looks you see like, the, like big they actually contract. put in like 0.85 on the calculator and like saw the lowest amount they could possibly get them to take, yeah, exactly. Like it's crazy. Like every time you see those big extensions, it's like, a rounded number or in between like a half mill or something, or like a quarter or a third or something. But like there, I mean, Darlene's was nice and round, but Powers was a little, not as much, but anyways, Winnipeg. Yeah. So, so we got, uh, Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley, both, uh, signing seven year contract extensions kicking in after this year both with an AAV of eight and a half million. I I think it's awesome. I think that's so, and I don't know, like, I mean, the responses I've seen from, from people online, like the majority more so seems to be against these and being like, Oh, you know, Winnipeg overpaid and, and all that. But like, I think this is I think this is great for them. Like I really do. I think this just solidifies that they're planning on being contenders and not looking towards a rebuild or anything. I think that's the biggest part of it. This gives the entire club a clear direction. There's no more are we are we going for a slight retool? Is it a rebuild? Are we competing? Because of course every time publicly asked, you know, The coach, the GM, they have to say, we're trying to win hockey games. Even if you're tanking for number one overall, you have to be like, we go out there and play our hardest. But this obviously says, we want to win. And uh, I've heard that uh, for both Hellebuck and Shifley, that the PLD trade this offseason was massive in them wanting to to stay they both really liked the additions that they got from the Kings and they liked the direction the team was going from that trade. And that really helped them extend. So, well, and I uh, said it from big, the beginning In the last couple months, I th- I thought that trade was huge for Winnipeg. Like yeah. I can see the upside for both teams, but like, I just think in terms of the value Winnipeg got, like it's, it's a slam dunk for them. Um, and the the, the thing is, and I, people don't like it like they don't like the extensions because they're like, Oh, it takes Shifley to till he's 38 takes Hellebuck till he's 38. The Hellebuck one is completely fine because if you've got a top, like, I mean, what, what would you put him? Top five goalie in the league? Easily Some people might five. even say top three. I don't know. Um, but easy top five. When you have a top five goalie in his prime and you're planning on being a contender, you sign him like whatever you have to to do, you sign him. Because with goalies, like we've we've seen with other guys in the in the past, like a guy like Mike Smith, say, where goalies can still be very Craig Anderson as well in Buffalo, um, where goalies just have can still have a very long career, and they can still play when they're you know in their very late thirties or forties or whatnot. Like, yeah. so the Hellebuck one's completely fine because. The alternative of losing him sets your franchise back so far. I and mean, then, yeah. even the Shifley one, like, I just think, in terms of what he brings, if you have to swallow that hard cap hit for the final, you know, whatever, three, two years or something, I think the value that you're going to get out of him in your years of going for and contending uh, makes up for it. Absolutely. And that's, and that's what you pay for. You know, he's, he's sitting there going, I want nine and a half million. And you say, okay, we'll give you an extra two years if you lower the price, and that's that's just how it is. And if you win a, you're, they're contending now. If they win a cup, it does not matter how bad they suck for the next five years. They won the cup, like that's exactly. that's the ultimate goal. And, uh, and I definitely completely agree on the Hellebuck thing. Everything you said, like goalies peak later than any other pos- position by quite a bit, and they also. Are able to play at an effective level quite a bit longer uh, on average, you know. So you know, there you get some guys like you know uh, Pavelski. I assume Crosby is going to keep playing at this level for a bit, but uh, generally, goalies can play for quite a quite an insane amount of time before they start really regressing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Exactly um yeah i think this team's starting to look like a bit of a wagon here i really i really like their team i think they could benefit from maybe bringing in um probably the trade deadline like i think winnipeg's still going to be you know right up there in the hunt if not in a playoff spot come the deadline so i think they're going to be buyers and i think the biggest thing they really just need to look into i think is just adding on to their defense yeah you know if you can do something similar to last year like where Edmonton brought in Matthias at If you can find someone like that and make a trade like that work, I think you pull the trigger on because I think that would do wonders for Winnipeg. Like, I think their offense is is completely fine where it needs to be. I think Especially rolling with like that guys, top six, that top nine is really good. Yeah. Like, I think if you're rolling with that and you kind of your leaders up front are, you know, Kyle Connor, and Mark Shifley, I think that's just fine. Hellebuck in that. That's, that's exactly what you want. I think just adding something onto that defense. So almost just kind of maybe to take a little bit of pressure off Josh Morrissey, having to be, you know, the guy in every situation, I think if you can, you know, space him out a bit more and bring someone in to help kind of uh, lighten the workload for him, I think would be huge for that team. And I think that's really kind of the the big thing there. They have to focus on, you know, kind of throughout the season. Yeah, I think, I think we'll probably see them pick up, probably closer to trade deadline, uh, oh. a bona fide top four uh, defenseman. Um, man, we are, how many days are we in now? Three days? Four days into the NHL season? And I'm already really regretting uh, my placement of Winnipeg on our season predictions. I can't remember where I put them. Yeah, I had them down. I, at look. F- I had them down at fifth outside the playoffs. Oh, I have them in fourth. In the central. Yeah, I should have I should definitely have Winnipeg and St. Louis switched. Yeah, and I one well, I knew I knew that was gonna be an issue for you. Like I, I just I still couldn't comprehend why you were just all over St. Louis. But... And you know what? People are pretty high on the stars and the blues forced them to a shootout today. So that's a point in the bank. <sighs> I'll also say, I think a lot of people read into shit too much. um, Especially like, you know, I think mostly around Mark Shifley, but when, um, and again, I think Mark Shifley is very similar to the way we talked about Elias Pedersen before, but when Mark Shifley wasn't named captain and it was Adam Lowry, people were so quick to be like, well, Shifley's done. Like he's leaving. And it's like, I, again, I think Mark Shifley is one of those guys that, doesn't want to be the captain he doesn't want to be in front of the media all the time taking all the hard-hitting questions he wants to just focus on going out there and playing hockey and doing what he can to you know just lead the team on the ice in terms of his production and his play so and i think you know what and it clearly shows it he's sticking around even though he's not going to be the captain because i i don't think he ever wanted to be or even if he did it wasn't a deal breaker for a minute. it wasn't something that you know, meant the world to him, type of thing. Yeah, I think very underratedly, um, hockey players are so much more low key than other major stars. Like, dude, like, one of some of the most introverted NFL and NBA players are probably going to be more out there than your average NHL player. Like, they, yeah. NHL players just so often like keeping themselves. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure Crosby, McDavid, Bedard, as they were growing up, they were kind of told how to be a bit of a leader because people are like, you know, they're destined for greatness. They're going to be the team captain and and this and that. But these yeah. other guys who end up getting really good, some of them, it's like you might not have been always told that, and you know, you don't you don't grow up with that thought of I'm going to be a captain. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the the guy who rallies the troops in the locker room. Some guys are just like I'm going to show up and I'm going to play hockey with the boys, and you know what? That's totally fine. Like, not not every guy who's top on the team needs to be needs to be the captain. Yeah i it, i could couldn't say it any better. It's exactly the way I feel about it. Um, also, one thing I wanted to throw out there, um, just talking about you know Crosby and Pittsburgh and whatnot, the game on whatever day it was tuesday um crosby yeah. malkin and the tang playing together they officially became the longest active trio um to play together in professional sports history now um yeah. what i think it was 18 Nor- seasons or something uh 18 seasons i believe uh yeah. longest uh trio in north american sports history i don't know yeah. who's higher somewhere else in the world but it's always everywhere i see it listed it's like in the big four sports in north america oh yeah so, which is, there is must- still there must Perfume. be three dudes who played, I don't know, pickleball or something. <laughs> I mean, hey, still, that's pretty good for Pittsburgh. I mean, they ended up losing to Chicago of all teams, but
1: it happens, hey, I guess, hey, right? They, It'll they, want, to they want the cup, man.
0: They're going for it. Dude, Pittsburgh's going for Celbrini already. Hell yeah. No, that's San Jose's job. They're already doing a perfect job of it right now. It's honestly incredible. even though he played he played in San Jose growing up when he was like in his teens. Oh, that's sick. And his dad, because his dad worked for the I think he worked for something with the Golden State Warriors. So he was already in the area and whatnot. So it's like just come home. Like if people think Austin Matthews is going home, like, nah, man. No. Anyways. First they need to read him, um, but no, but um, honestly, like it's it's been actually a pretty like good start to the season i'd say you know some quite a few close games couple fun games like it's yeah we're only that three days Tampa nashville game game. like obviously i'm biased because tampa won but that was a really fun game to watch like it was a good game there was a lot of hitting holy crap dude chernak was playing like it was the playoffs he was fucking destroying people when they crossed the blue line we uh got a huge reverse hit from one of our uh, guys, uh, young guys who, I think it was his first NHL game, actually. I can't remember his name. It's like Melanin or something. He had a huge mm-hmm. reverse hit on Luke Shen. Like, it was, it was a Shen really was a tough hitting game. But it was, uh, it was really fun to watch. Speaking of tough and whatnot, um, Arbor Jack, guy fought Ryan Reeves in the season opener. Except Jack, I got it. A- he got the misconduct, so he got the boot from the game. But who, uh, who won the fight? I saw headlines about it. I never actually saw it. I mean, was there like a decisive winner? It wasn't, there wasn't really like a whole lot of punches thrown. I mean, I think, I mean, Jack Guy won the fight. Nice. Um, he didn't really get many punches. It was more so just he basically just manhandled and threw around Reeves and pushed him into the net. But like, no real punches were thrown, but like, Reeves got. He 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 got he got pushed around. So I mean, if there was one, I'd say it was Jackey, but not not really
1: They're... a clean or decisive win. That's fair. Yeah, there is. A good fight,
0: man. There's a uh, there's a couple of things to dissect about just random games. You know, the uh, the Flames looked really good in their season opener against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Really Michael good. Uh, want to know his captain. Really good uh, winning goal there from Lindholm. A great pass. Like I can't remember if he like did like a spinorama pass from behind the net or between his legs, but Moncipani uh, had a huge setup. Around, yeah. Um, yes. Pasternak had two goals in his first. Dude, Luch had an assist. Like Luch had an assist. All the all the big guns in the league are. Coming out swinging. Um, the only real other news that I can think of, other than just talking about how pretty much every game's gone so far this season, can, is can we just we got to talk about the Canucks and Oilers? Okay, okay. Like we we got to talk about yep. that and I know it's only game one game, but but that holy shit. When it's that you talk about it. Like, like Yeah. The Canucks cooked them. Eight like to eight, one. Eight-one eight, Brock Besser, four goals. Thatcher Demco playing through the flu. He had his Michael Jordan flu game and threw up in his mask and had to get pulled, man. Like Yeah, yeah. It, apparently he like, threw up in his mask before he got pulled. Like he was like he wanted to play, but apparently he was looking rough dude it's, it was nuts like of course the one in, goal being dry sidle assisted by bouchard and mcdavid yeah i think it was power play too <laughs> i'm gonna double check but if it was power play like of course it was yeah power play goal of course it was like brock besser with four goals eight shots on goal miller and peterson both four with, points both yeah. with four points both with one goal three assists Quinn Hughes with the uh, even three assists on his first first game as the captain. Yeah, my boy Quinn, oh, he's gonna have a monster year, man. He's, Sam he's Lafferty had eighty assists. plus assists already over there. Hey, former Toronto Maple Leaf. Um, what was I gonna say? I had something I wanted to say. Uh, this website has Thatcher Demko stats in here with the players. So uh, just so you know, he has zero goals for zero assists, zero shots on goal. Oh, okay. Word. Yeah, I just, oh, okay. Casey I just, DeSmith I just, is up there too. Good for him.
1: They're above yeah. Tyler Myers. <laughs> it, I'm the, surprised Tyler Myers isn't on the Sharks yet, honestly. He'll get there.
0: You guys um, you guys need a little extra neck. Also, if if anyone wants to, because I think it's I think it's the funniest thing. I think this is the funniest thing. Um on Tuesday, so like the beginning of the NHL season, the NHL put an Instagram post. And when you do like multiple pictures at once, it's. uh, you, you can do like 10 at a time, right? Yeah. So to start the season, they did a thing where they're they're posting players like new updated headshots for the season. So I'm just going to go through the 10 that they picked. okay? OK. And, and you tell me if it's fitting or not like they can only pick 10 players to do it with. So if it makes sense that they'd be like the guys at the media availability for this or whatever, like, it- no, cause this is just from the teams that um, like from all teams that did their media days. The NHL just took their, their team photos and put it together. It's kind of just their biggest stars type of thing. Oh, okay. So basically just are these so guys like see. good top 10 of the league marketable? Yeah, exactly. Right. So the, the first one, Connor Bedard. Obviously. The second one, Connor McDavid. Of course. Next up, Sidney Crosby. Yep. So Crosby cracked the top three. At number four, Jack Hughes. Yep. That makes they all make like beyond sense at this point. Like number five, Nathan McKinnon. Yep. (laughs) I'm just waiting for it. Number six, Matthew Kachuk. Right, right. Uh what am I at? Number seven? Yeah. Seven, Jason Robertson. Okay, so we're so we're getting a little bit down there now, but like I can definitely still see that. Number eight, Marit Sider. Okay, we're get, we're we're going a little bit more off the board, <laughs> but like he's still he still won the Calder the other year. Like he's Number nine, Trevor Zigris. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah, he was on the cover of the NHL game. And number ten. You ready? Yeah. Gritty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Uh, I okay. just said they they just threw him in there, at number ten. Okay, that's that's good. It's, a pretty, good, it's a pretty good headshot too, actually. Oh, that's funny. I was so waiting for it to be like Vlad Nemesnikov or something, like like just some like grinder or something. Dude, when that's, I was just scrolling through, man, I thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing that he just they just threw Gritty in at the end and like. He just looks so out of it, like he always does, but, dude. He's so the guy who runs their the gritty like Twitter account and all that stuff is so good, so good, man. Like, like dude, do, some dudes just absolutely get it. Like they just understand the amount of people that have like actually started actively like rooting for Philly and traveling to Philadelphia to go to Flyers games just to try and interact with Gritty is nuts. Yeah. Dude, that he that is exact especially how bad the team's been lately. Gritty is what they need. Like I'm surprised him and Torts haven't gotten in a fight yet.
1: Like I'm else? surprised
0: there hasn't been some interaction that's resulted in them just like chucking fists. That would be so funny. Like Torts is out like so pissed. They're losing like nine-nothing. Gritty comes out on the bench and like starts like fucking swinging, like humping the air at him with his big fucking belly. Fucking torts just lays into him.
1: Dude, he has no boundaries. He he would, does honestly. what he
0: wants when he wants. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that because I thought that was that was very good by the NHL. Like that was, That's I wasn't expecting that to be. a It's funny and and hey, it gets me talking about it and whatnot. So there we go. Absolutely, I mean, so like yeah, if you unless you do something like that, it unless you do something goofy and fun like that. Then it's just a oh, super routine. Uh, here are a bunch of the players. Get ready for hockey. But like that'll actually get people talking about it a bit, you know. Sharing it. Yeah. With exactly. People right. stuff. Exactly. Um, um, I got. I, I, got know, I got. one other. Talk about. Uh, we got one other big thing. Uh, past that, we might have to ad lib a little bit. But uh, the NHL announced. I I believe over the weekend or maybe it was last week That they were going to Ban the use of pride tape In the NHL Oh yeah
1: Yeah I saw
0: that There Luckily I don't think I've seen a single Bad take on this By any NHL players There's been so many Players coming out saying And so many of them are in the most Like don't piss off Batman. way, you know, Crosby uh, McDavid Jack Hughes there's, there's been quite a few guys that have come out, uh, Rasmus Anderson that have been like we, it sucks that we're not able to do this um, and the other day Scott Lawton of the Philadelphia Flyers uh, he came out and just said I'm going to keep using this tape even if that means I have to buy it myself if the team won't provide it. And that is just, like, a huge... That is just such a brass balls maneuver. To be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna use Pride Tape when it comes to Pride Night. And what the fuck are you gonna do about it? He's, like, I'm pretty sure he ended the quote with, like, if they want to say something, then they'll say it. Because what are they gonna do? This whole thing stemmed from the players who don't want to wear the Pride... The pride stuff, look making the league look bad. How bad is the league gonna look if they fine a guy for using pride tape on Pride Night? That is gonna be like the such a huge L for the league. That I I just love that Scott Lawton uh, went out there and just said it. And I think it's very funny that he's the guy to say it when it this whole kind of thing originated from his former teammate Ivan Provorov being the first guy to be like, I'm not doing it. And to the point where he didn't even partake in warmups for that game because he refused to, to do yeah. it. And that's kind of, and like you said, you you hit the nail on the head. That's kind of where the whole um, thing started for you know Pride Night and just anything of Pride in general being canceled kind of within the NHL. Stemmed all the way back from provrov deciding not to, uh, not to partake in it, and then it's led to other players not doing it, and to the point where the league completely uh, abolished it as a whole. It, it like, yeah, like it's a terrible look on the league to instead of you know, it's basically like you're at a point where it's like whatever. Every player in the league is on side A, and you've got ten or twelve guys on side B. And you're basically I believe there is, I, believe I saw the number is seven. There's been seven guys who refused to wear the pride uh, So you're with side jerseys. B of, of seven guys as opposed to side A with the rest of the league. Like, yeah. And then they keep trying to preach the whole thing of hockey is for everyone. Well, how is it then? If you're willing to scrap ideas and whatnot of trying to create a hockey is for everyone environment then you 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 can't stand on on that leg anymore. They've completely destroyed that for themselves and they can't use that as a marketable campaign yeah. or push that agenda because what they're doing is going completely against that. Yeah, this isn't this isn't the year 2000 anymore where pe- people haven't really discovered fully that corporations are just going to say things to make people happy, you know? Like nowadays ev as soon as it hits Pride Month, and a company that is blatantly not ex- not inclusive uh, changes their profile picture to include rainbow colors, everyone sees through that nowadays. Like that, you're not fooling anybody. Like you might used to be able to. So when they make those empty promises and then turn around and do stuff like this, everyone knows what's happening, and everyone knows how fucked up it is. So uh, exactly, yeah, it's it's huge to see. Uh, some of these players speaking out about it, uh, especially how hard of a stance Scott Lawton in particular took. Um, mm-hmm. There was also uh, reported, I can't remember which reporter, but it was like it was like Greg, Greg washinsky or something. It was one of the like top five reporter, uh, like insiders in the league. Um, Not top five. And I'm sorry. <laughs> he, I didn't say a, that. A guy, one of these guys reported that several... NHL teams, like I think it was upward of 10, uh, had contacted the league and asked, and asked them directly, like, what are we supposed to do uh, if these players want to use it? Like, what? Like, what? Do, you want, do you want the general manager to go down and tape their sticks with black tape? Like, do you want... How are we supposed to stop them? And, uh, apparently there was one team uh, that was in this uh, release, in this tweet, was left nameless, that called the league and said, we will not stand for this. Also, we're ordering a box of Pride tape. And and yesterday, there was a tweet from the San Jose Sharks that was uh, just uh, celebrating Happy Coming Out Day. And uh, they, they were very outwardly celebrating the LGBT community, which leads me to believe I think it was the Sharks I was about to say I was going to be like I'm not going to be like you know a home or anything but I was going to say I bet it was the Sharks because based every on time the, the Pride stuff's come up Sharks are are very close yeah. to the front of talking about stuff And especially last year when Reimer didn't partake in war, actually I don't know if he didn't partake in warmups but, but er, anyways but like he, he made it very clear he wasn't partaking in pride night and whatnot. Yeah. Like players and management didn't like full out say, it, but they made it kind of aware that like, they were like not happy with him about yeah. it for it. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was them. And I fully expect at least a few players on that team to, you know, whenever pride night is, I, I fully see them uh, taking part in it. Yeah. I, I just want to see the entire league rebel against this. Like, I want to see, like, on Pride Night, not only do I want to see Crosby using the tape, I want to see him taping his stick with it out in front of the crowd, like, on the bench in warm-up. Like, like, I want everyone to just be like, I don't know what the fuck you're up to, Batman, but we're not standing for it. Like, this is so dumb. Yeah, I completely agree. And, I'm- like... It, it, it's just Sounds like it's yeah. it's clearly not going to last like I think can, I think this, this is one of those things that gets they repealed want. I think they're going to go back on this one I feel like something about the outcry on this one feels like there's just a lot more of it than some of the One's other things like if there's teams that that don't believe in it whatnot like for example we now know with Chicago and I probably assume in Columbus but like with Chicago we saw them where it was like hey okay, this is Bedard and Korchinski's well no one really knew it was Korczynski's first game because everything was focused on it being Bedard's first game. So Korczynski got... No one even really knew or paid attention. Yeah. Um, but they were allowed to, for their rookie laps and warm-ups, they went with no helmet. Because I know with Chicago, I don't know about Columbus, but Chicago told them, like, you know what? It's your first NHL game. You guys go out there with no buckets. We'll pay the fine for you. And so I wouldn't be surprised if teams are like to these guys, like, you know what? If if you want to do this, uh, and you know, rock the pride taper or, or whatever, like go out there and do it, and we'll cover the fines for you guys because we stand with you, and we we all believe in the same thing. So, and I could very well see that being a thing where you see lots of players doing not because the teams are like we'll, we'll pay the fines because we stand with you on this type yeah. of thing. If there are any fines, I'm I don't know because for the pride nights, do you know how they work? Like, do each team has probably a home Pride game, right? I Yeah, I think so. It's not like all the games on one day. So do we know who has like the first Pride game? Because I'd love I I'm very curious to see if there is the league willing to go through with, because all they said was you're not allowed to use the tape. They didn't say that if you do it you're going to be fined it was a, It's a little implied when they change a rule But like, like it looks very Are they bad going on to? The if they find that's going to look it. horrible I wore rainbow bad. tape on Pride Night And I'm being fined for it Exactly like, They're going to look insane If that gets it'll to mainstream bad. media Like dude It'll look bad Dude John Oliver is going to be making a show About how fucking stupid Gary Bettman is If that's the case Like, Yeah it, it'll look bad It'll look bad so, I'm, I'm glad that within about a week of the NHL having this new rule in place, it seems like there's already been so much outcry and so much rebelling against it. And I'm really glad that I haven't seen any players with any horrible takes. Like, I'm glad I haven't seen any of the stalls be like, good call, Batman" or anything like that. Exactly right. Yeah yeah it it's just gonna be interesting to see how the the whole situation and whatnot kind of plays out from here and what,
1: you know whatever whatever certain people do or don't or just the the steps people take yeah um do you have anything else that you wanna to get to at the moment no i
0: got uh i got i got nothing all right i got uh i got one uh, quick, uh, quick little trivia game we can do here. Um, I'll pull up a timer because I do want us to I do want us to kind of uh, hurry along with it, not take you know, not to have too much time in between uh, guesses. Yeah, Yeah. We'll call it an episode after this. So, there are ten active NHL players with uh Three Stanley Cups. In my notes, I wrote ten, but I knew they didn't have ten Stanley Cups. Name all of them without getting any wrong. Without getting any wrong. Oh, boy. So, I'll give you... Once I start the timer, I'll give you 30
1: seconds in between each guess. And then... And then you gotta go on to the next one. There's ten guys...
0: That are active in the NHL with three Stanley Cups. Okay, wait. Um, okay, I just gotta try and th- I just gotta tr- try and think of like within my head quickly, so I can like space them out if I'm running out of time. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you a little time to warm up here.
1: But if you if you don't get them, if you don't get them players. all, like it's not that bad. But. Okay. okay. All right, he's he's thinking I I I imagine you've got at least
0: at least probably like th- three or four that you can think of at the start here. Yeah. So, so I'm going to start I'm going to start the clock here and I'll I'll let you know once you get to like 10 seconds left each time. Okay. I'll keep you up or something like that. I'll keep you updated on the clock.
1: But I'll need I'll need the answer before before it gets to 30. All right. Ready, yeah. yeah, go. Okay, active players with us. So, okay, I'm going to start with Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon, that's one. Um, Sidney Crosby. Crosby's two. Malkin. Malkin's three. Latang. Latang's four. Flurry. Flurry's five. Does Taves and Kane count still? Yes. Okay, so, so Taves and Kane then. That's six, seven. Right. Um yeah, there's only there's only three more. Three more active players. You're at fifteen seconds. Okay, I've I've got one,
0: but I'm trying to just 10 hold on, to save my time. Yep. Um, Six, five. Okay, Alec four. Martinez. Alec Martinez. Alec Martinez. That's eight. Surprised You got the oh. Alec Martinez. That was that was in my in my summation the the hardest one. Oh. Well
1: then, without Martinez, Phil Kessel. Phil the Thrill. That's nine. Oh, only one and more. Jonathan Quick.
0: And Jonathan Quick. That is all ten. Nicely yeah. done. Because I started to think I was like, I was thinking like maybe someone recent on Vegas who like they got, I was like Martinez, and then I was and then it just kind of rattled on off guys that won their third there with Vegas last year.
1: Yeah, that's uh, nicely nicely done. That was really good. Some were kind of lapsed. I wasn't sure if it if it would count
0: if it, or whatever you're going off of counted. Taves and Kane as active players because they're not under contract this year. Anything? Yeah, they they played last year and they hadn't retired yet. So yeah, you know if they if they don't play this year and don't retire, then I wouldn't count them as active. But yeah. I I saw a video of, uh, I think it was a couple of guys in the TSN uh, office doing that on like a YouTube short or something. And I was just thinking like, I, I feel like I probably would have got most of those. I I don't think I would have remembered uh, Alec Martinez. Yeah, he was kind of the first one actually to come to mind for me. But that's also because he's made the Sharks lives living hell for his entire career so yeah that's fair you you're a lot more familiar with him over there and because he
1: played scored the biggest goals for the la kings in the playoffs so true true i think he had a really big goal for vegas last year if i'm not mistaken oh probably i
0: can't remember but he probably did because that's what he does in the playoffs Um, I, I don't have anything else to,
1: to talk about. I don't know if you had anything. No, I think that's
0: all, but that's totally fine. We'll probably end up, uh, at some point over the weekend or maybe at the start of next week, popping out another episode, keep up to date on whatever's going on. Yeah. Cause even though, you know, we're only through the first three days, there's
1: still quite a few teams that, uh, have yet to even play a game. So we'll
0: we'll, kind of come back and whatever. We'll figure out a a day and time. We'll come back and kind of, so we can recap on those teams and the early starts to their season as well. Yeah, there's a couple of teams like, uh, just at a brief glance here, it looks like the Hurricanes are having their first game on Saturday. And at that point, I think they played
1: yesterday. And at that point, the Blackhawks are playing like, Oh, they did play yesterday, you're right. It's but, uh, I know the Islanders
0: and the Ducks. Yeah, the Ducks haven't played either games on but uh on that Saturday on, Saturday on Saturday, they the Blackhawks and the Penguins are both playing like their third game. Like Yeah. They're, they're some of these teams I are freaking early going early. for Bernard and Crosby, man. Yeah. Man, it w- it was uh it was a little disheartening watching that uh, first game that Tampa versus Nashville because it was such a good game and fun game to watch, but they just wouldn't stop talking about Bedard. And like, I get it. I get why. But like, man, call call the action a bit.
1: Brian yeah. Callahan
0: did a very good job on. Uh, uh, I, uh, I think he was the uh, the color commentator. Okay. I think that was his first time doing that, and he did a really good job. Yeah, you know, good for him. Good for him still
1: finding something to do outside of of playing in the NHL. Yeah, I think uh, probably going forward in the regular season,
0: I think we're planning on, for the most part, doing shorter episodes, two episodes a week. The Friday Mm -hmm. one I think we're going to consistently do, but the other one's kind of going to be depending on what goes on and on in the league and what the schedule is like, you know. If if we feel like we need to cover something from the weekend, it'll be a Monday, maybe a maybe a Tuesday, maybe a bit earlier. So Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of playing it by year and gotta going be a little flexible with at it. The time. Yeah, exactly, right. And you know, maybe we'll start uh, when we upload those ones that are not at the usual time maybe we'll start uh, tweeting out that we're uploading them yeah yeah so. wouldn't be a bad idea um for those who want to get in on that we are now i mean we have been for a bit but really haven't been doing much of it but we are now on twitter slash x whatever you prefer to call it as well as Instagram. Um, On both of those, we do go by the exact same handle, S-E-U hockey. So the letters S, then E, and then U hockey. um, You can put that in. Find us on both Twitter and Instagram, where we'll start to be putting out more hockey-related content now that the season's kind of going and we have stuff to work with because the off-season wasn't much to post. We weren't really on top of it, but now that the season's going, we are looking to... uh, do a little more get fan more engagement. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, put some, put a little more stuff out there than just the, just the one or two podcasts. So that'll be exactly. that'll be fun to kind of uh, reach out a little bit and you know, just on some of the smaller things that don't uh, make their way onto the podcast. Get a couple more takes out there on you know just smaller plays, cool plays, fun hits, whatever. Exactly right for sure. Um, Awesome. All right. Well, thank you to everybody for uh, tuning in and listening to another episode of the Stick'Em Up podcast. Uh, Like Braden said, we will be uploading our usual times every Friday at 12 o'clock Mountain Time. So that's 2 o'clock Eastern Time and 11 a.m. over Pacific Time. And then kind of just throughout the weeks, we'll be throwing out other random episodes um, just based off what's going on in the league, so you can check out those socials, um, as mentioned, to you know, kind of get early access to when those are going on. Feel free to also throw some questions on there. Um, I, we've we've kind of mentioned it before, but we're open to you know doing a small segment uh, either at the beginning or the end, kind of just reading through what you guys think around the league and kind of giving our thoughts and feedback on that. So feel free to do that.
1: Um, but again, thanks for listening and we will catch you guys in the next one.